welcome to the, uh, I guess it's now monthly um, video, live video marketing Q&A where we're uh, rapid fire answering questions online about uh, videos, marketing, marketing videos, and filmmaking, filmmaking in general, and, and pretty much like uh, in the whole video production space. So with that said, let's get right into it. Um, but before that, uh, just check out our website, that's thinkenvy.com, T-H-I-N-K-E-N-V-Y.com, to see what we do. We make commercials for a living. Uh, we have our own uh, studio production house where, you know, we've made over a thousand commercials by now. Yep, a lot of them. Uh, but anyway, let's get right into it. Uh, first question, what are some of the best TV commercials of all time? Uh, I mean, kind of a subjective question. <clears throat> right. Yeah, there are like a lot of great commercials. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite commercials of all time, it's a little bit out there, but uh, do you remember, I think it was a Super Bowl commercial, do you remember the um, the berries and cream uh, star, uh, Starburst commercial, where so. basically this little, well he's not a little boy, but he's dressed up as kind of like a cult, like a, not a colonial, uh, like Elizabethan, um, you know, stuff. There's these two guys, they're about to eat Starburst. And it's berries and cream starburst. And he walks by and he's like, he's like, excuse me, what are those? And they're like, berries and, or they're uh, starburst. Oh, what flavor? And he's like, berries and, oh, berries, berries and what else? He's like, uh, cream. And then <laughs> he goes, oh, berries and cream, berries and cream. I'm a little lad who loves berries and cream. <laughs> so for some reason... Uh, I thought that was super hilarious. A lot of people thought it was really stupid, but I thought it was funny. That was a jam What's maybe one of your favorite? Probably, I mean, there's best and favorite. Like, some of the best ones are, like, you know, legendary. Like, the Apple 1984 commercial is, like, a really mm. great one. Stuff like that. Uh, most of the Apple commercials, they have a great, you know, video marketing team. Always have uh, throughout the years. But probably some of, like, my favorite ones are the ones that have repeating bits a lot of times you'll see them in the super bowl mm, yeah, where yeah. a company will buy three or four ad times like and the then, tie this is not a tie or the, yeah the or tide the, ad one oh, yeah, 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 yeah. this that is was, actually a tie i think that was brilliant yeah, yeah. yeah so any of the ones that have repeating bits um yeah that one from this past super bowl was really funny um that many years ago the, the budweiser geckos i thought that was so funny when i was a kid the like was up guys oh remember? yeah but now it's like that's a dumb joke to most wow. people yeah <laughs> But yeah, there's a lot of great commercials out there. Those I mean, kids yeah. nowadays don't even know what you're talking they about. They have no idea. All right. Yeah. So so I guess to the answer to the question, what are some of the best TV commercials of all time? Those are a couple of our favorites, but there are a lot of really good ones. Uh, next question. Who are the top explainer video production houses and why? Well, you're looking at funny you may <laughs> ask. Yeah, Envy, Envy has been doing... Uh, uh, explainer videos and commercials for brands and products for years now, and we have over a thousand ads that we've produced under our belt. Um, and why? Uh, well, because we're really good at what we do, and we have a lot of experience, and we also offer free script writing service before somebody even offer or uh, before somebody even orders a video for us. Basically, we do that. We have an in-house writer. And um, we write the script free of charge in hopes to earn the business. And that's kind of one advantage that we have uh, over competitors because a lot of people, they, uh, they say, okay, give me your money and then I'll do all the work. But mm -hmm. we do a little bit of work first just to show that we're serious. So who are the top explainer video production houses and why? Uh, Envy Creative because we... Because uh, that's us. Because we're, you know, <laughs> we're that good. That's a tutor on <laughs> horn, but we're the best at it. 
you're on our channel. You probably already know that. So. <laughs> um, okay. How do you make a successful mm. Kickstarter video? Very good question. Um, I guess uh, make it short, make it informative but entertaining, and um, I guess don't don't beg too much, mm -hmm. and also make sure it's make sure it's something that you know people might actually want. There are a lot of uh, Kickstarter videos for you know every product under the sun that. Um, you know, somebody might maybe just had an idea about, they didn't do any focus groups, they didn't do any testing to yeah, see like if like, you know, people would actually want it. I mean, I'll, Kickstarter is a platform to kind of focus group to see if anybody will like, like something. But, um, yeah, but if you're trying to make like a successful Kickstarter, that's not a focus group. Like you want everyone right. to get on your idea. I was going to say, I mean, I can speak from personal experience because I funded a film through a Kickstarter video. Um, and I think the main thing on there that we really wanted to hit was tangible goals, like letting people know exactly what you're trying to do. Um, what you're looking for and what they're going to get out of it. And that goes for products and anything too. Like just real quick, clear cut though. Like this is why we need your help and this is what you're going to get out of it. And I think when videos I see have tangible goals and they even have like stretch goals sometimes, or mm -hmm. if they're like, if you guys help us, we're going to even add these more bonus things. Um, it's all in the, the conciseness of the video. So like Mike said, keeping it short, sweet, but informative and juicy. Like, and obviously if you have something entertaining with mm -hmm. it as well, that always helps. That's kind of where we come in. But yeah. Definitely a lot of different ways to get your audience to respond to a Kickstarter video. And I'd say based off of like all the Kickstarter videos we've produced, which we have produced quite a few mm -hmm. successful ones, which again on our website, but uh, based on that, I'd say out of like all the things, probably the, the time length is the most important mm -hmm. because uh, we do see some Kickstarter videos out there that maybe aren't successful and they're very well produced. They're funny. You know, the product is good, things like that. But, uh, you know, they're like five minutes long or, you know, four or five minutes long. And they really don't start to get to the actual meat of like what the product is and what they're doing and stuff until like minute two, which by then people are already clicked away. Like they, they're not paying attention anymore. So one of the best things is to, you know, we always say a minute is normally a good jumping off point if you're not sure how long a video should be. Uh, a minute is usually good enough to get most of the points you want to cross, but at the same time not being too long, whereas the uh, viewer would lose interest. So, how do you make a good kick or a successful Kickstarter video? Uh, be thorough, be short, be entertaining, and make you know make sure it's something that you know people people might want. And also check out other Kickstarters that have been funded. Mm -hmm. Maybe if it's in a similar product family, like. <clears throat> headphones or something for example go check out some other headphone videos and see yeah. what they did make take notes you know be a student about it and i think you'll yeah. have good results yeah. yeah like when we produce kickstarter videos a lot of the time a client um will send us a few other kickstarter campaigns that were successful that say hey this is kind of similar to what we're doing like can you make a video similar to this and you know we make all our videos custom but uh you know we do take uh sample videos that that clients might like into consideration Okay, moving on. Uh, what makes an effective Kickstarter video? Um, shortness and all the things we just said. <laughs> uh, where can I find blogs on video marketing? Oh, it just so happens that uh, you can go to thinkenvy.com slash blog. And uh, we have, I think we have almost 100 posts on there. Yeah, as well as uh, at least 20 videos to go alongside the post. Um, you know, to... We know that people don't really like to read, so we've 
pretty much summarize the blog post with our videos uh, that if you don't feel like reading the blog post, you can watch the video. And there's lots and lots of really good tips um, about video marketing on there. And you can see usually some of our previous videos in those marketing blog videos too. We will put in some B-roll of some of the past commercials or Kickstarter campaigns and stuff. So. Right. And, uh, you know, as well as the blog videos, uh, watching this live stream or the recap of the live stream, great way because we yep. cover a lot of stuff. Yep. Um, so to recap, where can I find blog videos on video mark or blogs on video marketing? Thinkenvy.com slash blog. Uh, who is more creative in the filmmaking process, the director or the editor? Hmm. That's a good question. Well, I am mostly the director and Tim is mostly the editor here, so I guess we're gonna like you go for it. I it, answer, so yeah. It, both, I guess. I mean the director, the director definitely has the vision, but things can change in post-production just like, just like that, which will make the video completely different. Um, you know, when I'm directing a lot of the videos, you know, I have something in my mind, obviously we have a script to go off of, uh, but yeah, so I, I do my best to kind of edit it in my head because I can't edit, um, while I'm shooting, but then when it gets over to Tim, I know there are a lot of times where, you know, Tim may, may be editing while I'm shooting, so he's doing something else. So, you know, he might not even see what I'm shooting, and he might just get the script and get the footage and might have to put together how he best, you know, how he sees fit. Um, and pretty much, like, a lot of the time when it, like, a lot of the time Tim has a really good vision and it comes down to, like, music, for instance. Like, that's one thing that, um, you know, that... Uh, you know, we, we try to look for a lot because a slow song could, you know, make a big difference versus like a fast song. And that mm -hmm. could make the whole difference or just little like shorter cuts or certain orders and stuff like that. So I guess, I guess both. It's just like, uh, it's, it's a team effort. Yeah. I was going to, I mean, just to echo some of your things, it's definitely a team effort. I think for any type of uh, creative process for our particular line of work here for commercials and stuff. Yeah. Like Mike said, he'll do most of the editing in his head while shooting it. I'll do my best to emulate what I think he's going for. But what I was going to say is I'd like to think that the editor in most fields of filmmaking, um, their creativity is usually around problem solving. It's usually mm. like, oh, the director and the DP wanted to get this shot. It didn't quite edit right. And once we get it in the computer, what can I do to do I flip the shot? Do I need to rotate it? Slightly? Stuff like that. Where having sort of a mindset of like, oh, I actually didn't shoot this. So I don't like these are the tools I have to work with. Um, what can I do with them? And I think that like most, I can speak for myself, when I was a kid and I was first getting into filmmaking, I had no idea that directors didn't usually cut their own stuff, like especially when it comes to like filmmaking, uh, actually, you know, shooting uh, films. Usually you've got an editor and you've got the director will be there and he'll be able to, you know, uh, give his feedback. But there is another person actually running the editing console and running everything. And here I think it's kind of it's similar to that where like Mike will be already moving on to shooting another commercial. And here I am. I have to work with the footage now that he's given me. So that's where it gets, I think, a little bit more creative. It's like, OK, how can we take all these pieces and assemble them A in the way that Mike wanted and B a way that I feel is visually pleasing as the editor. So yeah, definitely to echo that, it's it's a two-part, you know, sort of creative process, I think. So to reiterate, who's more creative in the filmmaking process, the director or the editor? Both. Team effort. Mm -hmm. um, and think of it that way. You'll have less, like, conflicts and egos yeah, and, and stuff. Like, yeah. If if you, and and big, uh, big suggestion, if you're a director, learn how to edit, even mm -hmm. basic editing. And Absolutely. if you're an editor, 
try to do some some sort of like onset stuff just to uh, you know because then the experience yeah, then, you'll, sure. then you'll yeah. you know get more of the point. Um, what is the point of video marketing? Well, <laughs> video marketing, you know, nowadays um, everything is on video, and that's the preferred way of um, of consuming media and consuming information. I mean, if you look at Facebook, like every other every other post is a video. Uh, YouTube is the third biggest website, and uh, over, you know, Facebook and Google. But even Facebook is pretty much like, you know, fifty percent video hosting now. Um, Instagram has really gone full forward with videos as well. Pretty much video, 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 and um, you know, a lot of people they they don't really like to read anymore. I mean, even if you even if you think about books now, like not even online content, you uh, a lot of people do Audible, which I do instead of reading books. And instead of like listening to the radio or even listening to music, a lot of people like to listen to podcasts. Yeah. Um, and that's like another way of, of consuming consuming media, media. So I guess the point of video marketing, like for me at least, would is just, um, you know, it's a more accessible and it's just the preferred way of, of consuming information and consuming content. So if you're trying to market, you know, your brand, your product, yourself, uh, video is, is definitely the way to go nowadays. Any? No, pretty covered. You, you nailed it. All right. <laughs> uh, okay. Just a couple more questions. What is the best beginner filmmaker book every filmmaker should read? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I have one actually that really helped me. Um, it's actually kind of preached about, but Rebel Without a Crew, the Robert Rodriguez book. Oh it's, yeah. Uh, I mean, a little outdated because obviously it's about uh, it's his first film, El Mariachi, which was made in the late '90s, and so it's like, wow, things have changed since then. <laughs> However, um, he talks about just guerrilla filmmaking, doing it yourself, learning like kind of like what Mike said a minute ago. Like you're a director but you can't afford to hire an editor. Well, you better learn how to edit and stuff like that. And like that book is real short. You can read it in a day or two, but um, it's how he raised $7,000 of his own money to finance his first film. And obviously that skyrocketed him. He's not like a huge name, but yeah. he's, he's been, he's that's what he does yeah. for a living. Yeah, yeah. So I, I would say that one, there's another one too called, it's called filmmaking. And I can't remember. Of course, that's what it's called too. Filmmaking, <laughs> filmmaking. for dummies? Yeah, for dummies. <laughs> no, uh, honestly, look up authors or look up any famous directors or people that you've already like sort of admired their work. See if they've either written a forward <clears throat> on a book or let alone written the book themselves. Um, I'm sure if you go to Amazon and just look up filmmaking, you know, books, mm -hmm. you can probably get a lot of good top rated suggestions there. But Rebel Without a Crew is definitely a good one. Um, at least for feeling inspired and feeling like you are able to, you know, do it your own way or at least learn these skills that you would need to make films. So, yeah. Um, I mean, me, I, I, back when like, uh, you know, YouTube and all that stuff wasn't more like accessible yeah. for learning how to do filmmaking stuff. I think I, I think I read, I think I had, had read maybe uh, filmmaking for dummies um, I don't even know if that's viable and, anymore. And like most filmmaking stuff is hands-on anyway. It's not like yeah. you're like getting a gleam a lot of knowledge from reading. But if you're if you're more of a theory person and you want to actually, that's how you learn best in school, right. then a book might be a good idea. Uh, if you go to Samuel French, um, I know the one, we have one in LA. I think that's the only one, right? Maybe, yeah. uh, or maybe one in New York too. But if you look up Samuel French on Google, pretty much that's where all of the like media related books are, including on filmmaking and acting and just everything you can think of. So, uh, so what's the best beginner filmmaker book every filmmaker should read? You say... Uh, Rebel Without a Crew. Rebel Without a Crew. I say just uh, look at Samuel French. <laughs> uh, okay. What is viral video advertising? 
<sighs> viral video advertising is when you hire a company like us to make a viral video. Um, and well, when you, when you hire a company like us to make a video in hopes it will become viral, um, it's kind of a two-parter here. Uh, one part has to do with the actual video itself. So production companies like ours who also write the scripts and stuff, we can only do so much to try to make it as viral as we can, like as shareable. I wish but, there was a guarantee yeah, for viral. Yeah, you know, there's video. never a guarantee. Yeah. Uh, there's only like the video itself and a lot of the afterward comes from you know, comes from you marketing it or working with an agency for them to market it and basically just trying to get it as shared as possible. Basically, the larger a video becomes shared and more well-known and things like that, that's actually the term for viral. So when it comes to actually making a viral video, uh, you can't really just make a viral video. It has to become viral on its own. I'd like to think that every video attempts to be viral. Like right, these right. Days. That's what people want. But of course. It is, honestly, it's social media poll. It's your audience that you're able to initially broadcast it to. So a lot of videos that go viral, especially like marketing videos, they usually have a built-in audience already that's helping push them You know, right. on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, stuff like that. They'll repost the video, blah, blah, blah. It becomes viral at that point. But yeah, I think like maybe proper expectation setting for yourself. Like chances are you're not going to make a viral video and that's okay. You should be making the best video you can in hopes that it goes viral, like Mike said. And I think like when people are like, we gotta make a viral video, you're probably gonna fail. Like you're probably not gonna get those thousands and millions <laughs> of hits that you want. You're probably gonna get 500 hits and you know, you're, you'll be disappointed. But it's like content of the video needs to be there. It needs to have a good concept. It needs to be, usually it's got some sort of funny hook to it or something like that that makes people want to repost it and share it. So. I think in the screenwriting, the direction, all that stuff, that's very much important. But yeah, proper expectations for yourself about like where, where your audience should be and then how you can then take that and expand it and therefore make it go viral. So yeah, either working with a, a video marketing company or just like a marketing expert, someone like that who's in, very experienced with this sort of thing, usually a good idea. Yeah, and uh, that kind of piggybacks on this next question, hmm. where can I order a viral video? Nice. Again, you can't really <laughs> order a viral video. You can come to a company like us, like Envy Creative, thinkenvy.com, um, where we can do our best, best, best to make you a great and shareable and, you know, viewable video. But then we just deliver you the video to upload to, you know, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, your website, things like that. And kind of like from there, that's, you know, it, it's, it's all up to you to get to people to watch <laughs> it and to share it and things like that. So uh, I guess the answer to that question, where can I order a viral video? can't really order a viral video, but you can order a video. You want to order a great video. And I get, you know, yeah. <laughs> Envy Creative can help with that. Absolutely. Okay, second to last question. Should I become a filmmaker? <laughs> um, if you want. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> What's stopping you? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, I guess, I guess if you have the passion, if you think you're interested in it, um, you know, maybe, maybe do like some videos on your phone, maybe do some things with your friends, kind of see if it's something you like doing. Uh, and for some people, it's, you know, it's just not for them. I mean, you know, I know, I know a couple people that, uh, you know, they like went to film school and they, you know, they, I guess, I guess they thought that's what they wanted to do. And they graduated film school. And, you know, one, one guy I know even like had a chance to like, you know, to, to work for a film related company but you know he got a job he got a job elsewhere um not in the industry and so you know 
some people just, you know, they even graduate film school and get their BA in film and they just never do anything with it. And, uh, but you know, if you have the passion and you have the drive, you know, just, I guess, make it happen. Just keep going with it. Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, this is kind of personal, I think for both of us, because I think in high school, we both were pretty set on like, we're going to be filmmakers and like, that's what we're going to do. And like, kind of piggybacking what I said a minute ago about viral videos, it's all about expectation and like having a good expectation that you're going to make films. Leave it at that. You're not, it, it, it's great to be like, I'm going to be the next Spielberg. I'm going to be the next, you know, Francis Ford Coppola or whatever. You, you may be eventually, but I think that you are consistently going to quote fail yourself. In, and I'm speaking from personal experience. I, any, any video I made or any film I made was never good enough because it wasn't at that pantheon that I thought like, this is a filmmaker. That's not true. You go out and do it. You're a filmmaker. You're making films. And I think that as long as you keep the art as the focus and not the ego and not saying like, I want to be famous and stuff, it, it's fine to want that. Your videos are not going to take you there though, if that's what your goal is. If you, if you have a good story to tell or you have some good special effects you want to work with, like things like that, that are actually going to be good source material for that passion, like Mike was saying, then I think that you're going to take it somewhere, but it's all about keeping yourself in check and sort of like expecting the right amount, but also encouraging yourself anytime you get a new step or you, you do finish a new video. Something that I've always struggled with is really harshly criticizing my past work instead of looking at it and go, wow, what a great learning opportunity. Oh my God, these are the things I didn't know about filmmaking. Now I'm actually an expert at it because I sucked so bad in those first couple videos or whatever. That stuff is so important to the filmmaking journey. And I think I, I tell Mike all the time, like, oh, I just saw this great movie on Netflix. It was the guy's first movie. I'm so <laughs> mad about it. And it's like, no, good for that guy because something happened where, or, or she, you know, whoever it is, they got their film made and it's usually because the script's really great or like the, the idea is really solid or it's shot in a very interesting way. Stuff like that is what's actually going to get you into that sort of filmmaker status, I think, is just being true to the craft and true to yourself. And it's easier said than done, you know, especially once you start working on things. And like, I think most people get really overwhelmed with the money aspect of it. And mm -hmm. obviously that's such a huge thing. And I, I mentioned earlier in the live stream, I did a Kickstarter and we only raised $5,000, which sounds like a lot to some people, but that is nothing. That is a, that is a toe drop of a budget for a yeah. movie. And honestly, we paid a ton out of pocket after the five grand was done just to finish the thing off. And it's an <laughs> hour long. So it's like, wow. Okay. What a learning opportunity. But guess what? I'm a filmmaker. I did it. I made the film. Is it the best thing ever? No, but it was a crazy learning opportunity that now I can take to my next project, whatever that might be, and hopefully elevate myself to a higher status. But Hey, Mike kind of nailed it on the head. If you have the passion, don't let anyone, especially yourself, tell you you can't do it. Like, you may not be able to do the exact same thing that Steven Spielberg and George Lucas and those guys do, but guess what? They're old men and they've been doing this their whole lives <laughs> and they've been working hard at it this whole time. And the business has changed so much. We've mentioned YouTube so much today in the stream and YouTube is such a filmmaker's tool, especially just for publishing your work. So it's like, it doesn't cost anything to put your film on YouTube and millions of people can see it in a matter of minutes. You know, it's like, that's how it goes. So stay true to the craft, honestly. If you want to be a filmmaker, go be a filmmaker. Don't don't think that you have to be a certain type of movie maker to, to, to be deserving of that title. Like if you're out there shooting with your iPhone 10 right now and you're making videos, you're a filmmaker, you know, you're just amateur filmmaker, whatever you want to call it, but you're doing it. So keep at it. You will do it if you if you guys want to. That was my inspirational speech yeah, for the day. <laughs> deep deep stuff, Tim. Pretty deep. Deep stuff. <laughs> Alright. So should I become a filmmaker? If you want. If you want to. <laughs> Um, last question. Does a narrator's accent matter for a startup video? Mm. Um, sometimes. So if, if you're, um, you know, we, we've done some, we've done some videos 
that we needed to have like an Australian accent or a uh, South African accent or a um, native British accent. Uh, obviously, we're in the United States, so having like a native United States American accent, not a problem. But there are certain instances um, where, you know, you want it to you want it to be uh, native. So, for instance, uh, we did one for a recruiting company in Australia. And because they're located in Australia and they recruit Australian uh, natives to, you know, for jobs and, and things like that, uh, you know, they wanted a native Australian speaker for the narrative. But um, I mean, in general, a lot of companies, even if they're overseas, they do want like an American English, um, you know, accent, I guess. Mm. And so I guess when it comes to that, it just depends on, it depends on what your product is and where you are and, you know, if, if you're local, if you want to keep it local, things like that. Yeah. Pretty much like if the video calls for it, then don't be, don't be worried to like, you know, yeah, right. reach out to other actors or voiceover artists, whatever, anything you need to be able to get that proper final product. But cause especially, yeah. Cause especially here in LA, you know, like oh, we yeah. have, we have unlimited actor resources so we can get, you know, any, any person from any country, pretty much. Yeah. Just don't hesitate to use your resources, especially the free ones. Just posting even an ad on Facebook, like, Hey, I need a voiceover for this person, you know, Australian accent or for our example. But right. yeah, there's, there's plenty of options out there that are free, cheap, or, you know, just through like friends or something like that. You might know somebody who can help you get a proper accent for whatever video it is that you're looking to do. Right. And, uh, so that is the last question of the day. Um, Thanks again, guys, for tuning in and just keep an eye out for the next live stream. Um, we're trying to do it once a month now because we've just been getting a little busy here around here, but we are trying to post more consecutively, at least once a week on our YouTube with different types of videos. Um, again, no promises because we are, you know, just trying our best. But um, again, if you want a video, a startup video, explainer video, commercial brand, product video for your brand, product, yourself, company, things like that. Just uh, feel free to reach out to us at NV Creative. That's thinkenvy.com, T-H-I-N-K-E-N-V-Y.com. And we'll see you next time.